Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise God. Well, I'd like to direct your attention to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 23, and verse number 44. Uh, a somber text that I will allude to momentarily. I don't know why I feel the need to kind of warn you that this is going to be a unique message. Uh, I've been accused of being one of those preachers who starts in Genesis and goes all the way to Revelations. Uh, we're not going to do that, but we are going to go from uh, Genesis to Luke today. Uh, but I'm, the reason I'm saying that is because the temptation will be for you to think that I'm going to preach all night long. And uh, I need you to take my word that I'm not going to preach all night long. Um, but I do feel like the Lord uh, would like to deal with us tonight. And it's going to take us just a little bit of, of history to get there. But how many will stay with me? How many will preach with me? And you'll hang in there and we'll get to where God wants us to go. Luke 23, 44, coming in on the middle of the crucifixion story. And it was about the sixth hour. And there was a darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. And the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was rent in the midst. And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. And so I'd like to preach for a few brief moments tonight, separated, what it means to be separated from God and how to remedy that. Could we put our Bibles down and let's lift up our hands and ask the Lord to, to just be in our midst. Lord, we love you. We praise you. I thank you for every hand that's been lifted in worship today. I thank you for, for every prayer that has been prayed over this service today, Lord. I God, I thank you for every faithful person who has made their way to the house of God today. I thank you for them. And Lord, we give you honor tonight. And Lord, we thank you for your touch. We give you praise. And everyone said in Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and clap your hands to the Lord and wake yourself up. Amen. Praise God. Turn to someone beside you and say, I'm glad you made it to church tonight. Man, God bless you. You can be seated. Well, the first man, Adam, and the first woman, Eve, lived in a paradise custom designed by God for them. They enjoyed unhindered fellowship and communion with God. They knew his voice, and they dwelled in his presence. And God provided for their every need. They were untainted by sin, and they were undefiled by rebellion. But Adam and Eve's eventual disobedience unleashed an avalanche of sin into the world, and their rebellion separated them and thereby all of humankind from right relationship with God. 
Their disloyalty was so profound that God banished them from the Garden of Eden. And because they couldn't be trusted to stay away, God stationed a guardian angel with a flaming sword near the forbidden tree of life. And that, that warrior angel with a fiery sword would turn in every direction guarding the tree of life. And it was there as a stark reminder of the vast gulf of sin that now separated humankind from the Lord. And so for hundreds of years, humanity was almost entirely separated from God. There was no covenant. There was no blueprint for salvation. There was no house of worship, no temple. There was no way to approach God. Only a handful of men were privileged enough to have any communication with God at all. Abel pleased God with his blood sacrifice, but was murdered by his own brother. Enoch walked with God and was translated. He never even died. God just took him up and said, you're coming with me right now. That sound good to anybody? Hey, maybe we'll all just be translated out of here in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the trump of God. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord and built an ark of deliverance for him and his family. And Abraham received a promise from God. Jacob became Israel and Joseph had a dream. Moses delivered the people and stood in a cloud of Shekinah glory. And he received the law directly from the hand of God. Thousands of years Thousands. Think about it for a moment. I know we're in history lesson mode right now and it's tempting to shut our minds off. But if you can grasp the magnitude of thousands of years after Adam and Eve's great sin in the garden, humanity finally had a complicated covenant with God involving animal and blood sacrifice. It was ritualistic. It was it was the law of Moses. And reconciliation with God was possible. But even in that temporary reconciliation, they were still separated from the presence of God. God said, you will be my people and I will dwell in your midst. But the presence of God was confined to the holy of holies, the most holy place, deep within the inner sanctuary of the tabernacle. Between the people and the most holy place was a thick veil. In Hebrew, the word veil literally means separator or divider. It was 60 feet high, 30 feet wide, and 4 inches thick. The veil represented the great separation between God and man. And only the high priest was allowed to go through that veil. And even he was only allowed to go past that veil once a year at the Day of Atonement. And he had to make sure that all his ducks were in a row and all his I's were dotted and all his T's were crossed and all the incense had been burned and everything had been purified. Everything had to be just right if he stepped in to the Holy of Holies 
without having been obedient to every word of God, then he would be struck dead in the Shekinah presence of the Lord God Almighty. It was an awesome, fearful thing every time the high priest would step past the veil. It was a moment where he would tremble at the majesty of what was about to happen. It was a moment where he would search his heart and he would make sure that everything was clean, everything was pure, everything was right because if he went into the presence of Jehovah without having everything just right, he knew that his life hung in the balance. It was no small thing for that man to step behind the veil, but one man was able to do it. For over 3,000 years, God's people could make temporary atonement for their sins with animal sacrifices, but they were still separated from his presence. And maybe after all of that history, you can really understand how amazing it was when you fast forward to the New Testament the Gospel of Matthew chapter 1 and verse 23, when the angel of the Lord appears to Joseph saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted means God with us. I wish somebody right now who appreciates the fact that we are in the presence of Jesus, God with us. I wish somebody who understands that God manifested himself in the flesh, born of a virgin, came and dwelt amongst his own creation. God robed himself in humanity so that he could have a right relationship with his own creation. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost sweeping across this place right now. You've got to get through some boring Old Testament history. You've got to go back and understand what it must have been like for Joseph to go his whole life having never truly felt the presence of God. You have to go back and try to understand what it would have been like to be a Zacharias who had burned incense in the temple and never truly felt the presence of God. And yet you and I can gather together on a Sunday night in the middle of the Atlanta heat and we can feel the Shekinah glory of God. We can bask in his presence. We can feel the power of the Holy Ghost. Oh, I can feel it just like the song. In the presence of Jehovah, I can feel the brush of angels' wings. I can feel the touch of God. All because Emmanuel, God with us, came and lived and suffered and died. John the Baptist took one look at Jesus, his cousin, and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. Do you know what he was really exclaiming? It was more than just a fancy theological phrase. He was saying, This is literally the ultimate sacrifice. He is a lamb sent from God, and he is stepping into this water. He's about to be baptized as an example for all of humanity, but he's about to shed his blood. Innocent, pure, perfect blood is about to be poured out upon the ground of Golgotha's hill 
all so that you and I would no longer have to be separated from a right relationship with God. Oh, some of you still don't understand because we've heard it preached so often, but we, we really don't understand what it meant to be an Old Testament person going through life incapable of feeling the presence of God. And yet we complain and wonder whether or not we should still have Sunday night church. I came to remind somebody that every time we can gather together in the house of God and feel his touch one more time we ought to say thank you Jesus thank you for the blood thank you for your presence thank you that I can feel you thank you that I can hear your voice also that we don't have to be separated also that we don't have to be far removed for God Calvary was the final Sacrifice. One theologian, and I don't want it to be disgusting or uncomfortable to anybody, but if you look at the millions of Israelites, even when they were wandering in the wilderness, it was the, the priesthood's job to, uh, to slaughter every animal sacrifice that would come. And they... When you look at how many people there were in the wilderness, it was literally an overwhelming task to be slaughtering sacrifices, blood sacrifices, day after day after day after day. We don't know exactly how many it was, but it had to have been millions upon millions upon millions upon millions upon millions of blood, animal sacrifices, and all of that didn't really complete the task of what it would take to atone sins. It just pushed sins a little bit further down the road. It just pushed sins a little bit further down the road until one day a Messiah came, born of a virgin. He came into a humble place. He went into a, a lowly manger, and he came all so that he could die and be the final perfect sacrifice that would be the one sacrifice that would atone all the other sacrifices, past, present, and future. Hallelujah. And in the middle of that powerful scene, we see that Jesus is on the cross and we know the seven statements that he made and, and the people were shouting, come down. If you're really the Messiah, they were making fun of Jesus, really. They'd put the crown of thorns on his heads. They beat him. And uh, it was a gruesome, terrible scene. And in the midst of all of that, just as the prophets had said it would be, the sun was blotted out and the earth became black. And, and there was even a moment where people began to come out of the graves and walk among the people. Now, I know that we have a solar eclipse tomorrow, and some of you think that I'm about to say that it was a solar eclipse that happened at Calvary, but I can tell you that I don't believe that. I don't think it was a, a natural phenomenon. I think that it was a supernatural phenomenon. I believe that God literally, supernaturally, miraculously blotted out the sun because, you know, a solar eclipse is really only a few minutes long, 
And, uh, and the Bible tells us that it was about three hours that the sun was blotted out. That was a miraculous occurrence, my friend. God literally blackened the sun and made it as though it was night in the middle of the day. That's exactly what God did. People could barely see and people were afraid. It was a fearful sight. And in the midst of all of this, people are, are wondering exactly what's happening and, and all of that was going on. And in the temple, suddenly without warning, something amazing took place. The veil, that veil that we talked about, that veil that was deep and wide and thick, no man could tear that veil four inches thick. No man, 60 feet high. There's no way a human being. And the Bible says that it was torn from the top down. No man tall enough, no man big enough, but God literally, supernaturally reached. Oh, my God, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Somebody's about to get a revelation of what it means for the veil to be torn in the temple. God reached into that place, and he touched that thing that symbolized humanity's separation from God. The very thing that represented humanity's inability to come into the Shekinah presence of God. The very thing that represented Adam and Eve's failure. The very thing that represented the sinfulness of man and their inability to be right with God. That was the very thing while Jesus was bleeding out on Calvary's hill. That was the very thing God said. I'm going to rip this thing in half. I'm going to tear it apart as a symbol to all of humanity that you no longer have to be separated from my presence. No longer do you have to be apart from me. Now, 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 my friend, now, now we can enter boldly into the holy of holies. Now we can step into the Shekinah glory of God. God didn't do all of that so we could yawn our way through a Sunday night service. God didn't do all of that so we can ask how much can I get away with and still be saved. God didn't do all of that so we could get a bit bad attitude and say I wonder if I better go back to church. No, God did all of that so we could step into his courts with praise. God did all of that so that we could have a relationship with him that is from everlasting to everlasting. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody ought to go ahead and clap your hands to the Lord. Why don't we just have some old-fashioned Sunday night tent revival church? Why don't we pretend like there's some sawdust on the ground? Why don't we pretend like the air conditioning's not working like it used to be? Why don't we pretend like there's an old-time piano somewhere in the background? And remember how you felt when you first spoke in other tongues. Remember what it felt like when you first felt the presence of God what did it feel like what did it feel like what did it feel like we don't have to be separated hallelujah 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 
But preacher, I just can't feel God. It's not God's fault. He tore the veil in half. But preacher, it's been a long time since I spoke another tongue. It's not God's fault. He ripped the veil in half. But preacher, you don't understand. When I pray, I don't feel anything. It's not God's fault. He ripped the veil in half. All you've got to do is step into his presence. All you've got to do is surrender yourself to the Shekinah glory of God. My God, my God, my God. The power of the Holy Ghost is stirring. <laughs> Bishop, Bishop, I, I remember. I remember services as a young person. Pastor, I remember that little tiny, tiny building in Wheaton, Illinois. In the early days before it grew, when it was about maybe 30, 35 of us. And I was just a little kid. And I remember coming into those services and the building was ugly and the carpet had stains on it and the baptismal was rusted out and the water had rust floating on top of it. And some of the windows were one color and other windows were a different color. And we would come into that old church meeting. The building was old. When we bought it, it was already old. And I remember stepping into those services and I remember the Holy Ghost would move. And I remember as a young person, before my eyes were tainted with cynicism, I remember looking up and seeing a glory cloud hovering above those people. You say that can't be. Yes, it can be because the veil has been torn. The same Shekinah glory that Moses experienced on Mount Sinai. You and I can step into a glory cloud tonight. You and I can step into the awesome power of God. Oh, is there an old timer in the building that you remember going to an old camp meeting and you could feel the presence of God so thick you felt like you could reach out and touch God? Some of you remember literally putting out your hand and as it was if you could feel something moving like electricity in the atmosphere. What have we done to get away from that apostolic church? I'll tell you what we've done. We've forgotten that the veil has been ripped apart and we don't have to to be separated from the power of the Holy Ghost. We can go back. We can go back. We can go back. We can step boldly. Listen, listen. I'm almost done. Hebrews 10, 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil. <laughs> That is to say his flesh. Let us draw near to God with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Stand with me. I'm closing. We need to let the Holy Ghost move. Let me leave you with this final thought. The solar eclipse tomorrow is the moon. All it is is the moon temporarily coming between us and the sun. 
temporary blockage. It blackens out the sky. And for a few fleeting moments, you can't even see the sun. So I ask you tonight, the Lord told me I'm preaching to some people who you have allowed some things to separate you from the sun. You've allowed some things to separate you from the power of God. You have allowed some things to come between you and the source of your strength. Some things to come between you and the authority that you ought to be walking in, in the power of the Holy Ghost. And can I just tell you, the enemy has been whispering in your ear, and the enemy has tried to tell you that that authority is no longer accessible. You no longer can approach that authority. The enemy's convinced you that you cannot step boldly into the Holy of Holies, that no longer can you step into the Shekinah presence of God. Those days are over. It was for the elders. It was for the grandparents and the great, great, great grandparents. But it's not for our generation today. And I came to rebuke that lie from the very pits of hell and tell you one more time, even though you already know this, the veil was torn to remind you once and for all that you can always step in to the presence of Almighty God. If there is something blocking you from your power in God, it's not a barrier that God has placed. It's a barrier that you have allowed the enemy to build in your pathway. And I wonder, I wonder in the Holy Ghost if there's someone tonight who would be willing to stand to your feet and make your way to this altar and say, Lord, I'm removing every barrier and I'm stepping in to the Holy of Holies tonight. Is there someone who would make your way to this altar and would you just step into the Holy of Holies? Symbolically, would you just come with your hands lifted and rebuke everything that you've allowed to create a barrier between you and the power of the Holy Ghost? For some of you, it's been a while since you've spoken other tongues. You ought to run to this altar and let the Holy Ghost flow freely through you. For some of you, the gifts of the Spirit died on the vine a long time ago. You ought to come and step back into the Holy of Holies because the veil has already been torn. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, someone needs to get a boldness tonight. Someone needs a boldness tonight. Hallelujah. Let it rain, let it rain, open the floodgates of heaven, let it rain, let it rain, open the floodgates of heaven. Let it rain. 
you just reach over and pray for your neighbor for a moment we're not going to be in too big a hurry but just reach over and pray for somebody there there's someone who needs to step into his presence tonight you don't need to leave this service without feeling the presence of God no one needs to leave this service without feeling the touch of the anointing some of you have let your anointing die you need to you need to step back into the anointing that God has placed on your life Some of you have allowed yourselves to become complacent. You need to step in to that place of passion, that place of joy. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Can we lift our hands and lift our voices in praise right now? Is there anybody that can just worship the Lord for a moment? In the stillness, in the stillness of his presence. You used to be a prayer warrior, but you've, you've let your prayer life die. Why don't you go ahead and step back in tonight? You used to have joy unspeakable and full of glory, but somewhere you let the enemy steal it from you and build barriers between you and the presence of God. Why don't you smash those barriers tonight and step into the fullness of God? Step into the joy of the Lord tonight. A barrier of bitterness has grown in your heart. Why don't you just go ahead and smash it on the altar? A barrier of hatred is built up in your heart. Why don't you smash it on the altar tonight? 
and step into the peace of God that passes understanding. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm desperate for you. Hallelujah, Jesus. someone's life for a moment here. I know this has been a different kind of message, a different kind of service. And I want to be very, very careful when I say this because I don't want someone to take this the wrong way. But many people believe that the Lord is coming back tomorrow. The Bible talks about there being a celestial event on the day the Lord returns. I don't know if the Lord's coming back tomorrow. I, I tend to believe that when the sky is blackened, the way the prophecy speaks of, 
at the rapture that it'll be a supernatural blackening just like it was at Calvary when the sky turned black and Jesus gave up the ghost. But I will tell you this. No man knows the day or the hour. And the moment someone tells you they know the day, you know they're a liar. No one knows the day or the hour. But God could come back tonight. He could come back in the morning. He could come back tomorrow night. But here's what I feel the Lord speaking into my heart for someone. Someone needs to hear me. You have allowed sin to separate you from God. And it is not God who has placed it in your life. It's your own sin. And you need to go to the cross and lay your sin down and let the blood of Jesus cover you afresh because that's the only way that you will ever be able to step back into the holy of holies. Somebody needs to lift up your hands. We all need to lift up our hands and just say, Lord, purge me. Don't let it be said the preacher didn't warn you. Don't let it be said the preacher didn't preach it to you. When you stand before the Lord on judgment day, you'll have to tell him the preacher tried to tell me. Preacher wept over me on a Sunday night. He told me I didn't have to be separated. You don't have to live dead in your sin and dead in your trespass. All you have to do is go to Calvary's tree. That's all you have to do. Is lay it down at Calvary. Hallelujah. 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 I'd like our pastor to pray over us tonight, and I think we ought to lift our hands and let him pray. A prayer of protection over us. The enemy's fighting some minds, and I'd like our pastor to pray a prayer of protection that the Lord would help us to step past between everything that separates us from the presence of God. Or let's join together and let's pray together, shall we? Father, right now, we pray a mighty protection upon the people of God. I know, Lord, there are concerned hearts and people are wondering what's happening all about us. And I pray tonight, Father, that you will let us enter in to the presence of God. Let us value the presence of God more than anything else, Lord, in all of this world. Lord, I know you're coming soon, and I pray, Lord, that we will get our hearts ready. Keep your hand upon us. Lord, let the blessing of God fall upon us. Lord, as we begin to pray and fast for revival, Lord, I ask that you will let the mighty hand of God draw the lost, draw us into your presence. Let the mighty spirit of God fall into our midst. Lord, we thank you for it. Thank you for coming. Thank you for blessing. Thank you for the word. Lord, may our hearts receive it. Lord, we ask for blessing and protection and upon each one tonight. Keep your hand upon each one. Lord, hungry hearts are seeking for the Holy Ghost. And Lord, this was a good word tonight for those that are reaching out to your presence. 
Lord, to keep pressing on. Lord, we feel your touch, such a sweet touch of God. Keep us in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, we've been in a great day of services. What a great message tonight. The Lord has been with us. Why don't you turn to someone, smile, and greet someone in Jesus' name. God bless you. You're dismissed. Praise you.